Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, true believers of all ages, welcome back to the comic book broadcast, your home for all things inside the realm of nerdum. I am your host, Admin Nemesis, and our Fantastic Four tonight consists of Doctor Doom, Grendel, and Sinestro. Brawlers, we are halfway through the year, and with that, we have now seen the release of five comic book movies in theaters. So tonight, we bring you our mid-year movie review. We will be talking about what was great about these movies, what wasn't so great, and which ones, if any, you just shouldn't waste your time with. Brawlers, get your popcorn ready. It's time for Episode 3, Spoon! My fellow villains, it is good to be back again tonight, uh, but before we really get into our mid-year reviews... Um, we admin just wanted to take the time to thank you, the listeners out there once again for tuning in. Uh, as you may have seen on the page earlier, you guys have pushed comic book broadcast all the way up to number 16. Yes, 16 on the Apple podcast ratings. And we are truly blown away and humbled by the numbers that we have seen. Guys, thank you all so much. Um, Doom, this has to make you feel kind of like a proud papa, huh? Oh, you got no idea, man. I, I, I thought it was going to be a, a bit more of a slow crawl than this. I did not expect to see these numbers right out the gate. Agreed. I, mean, I couldn't be happier. Thank you guys so much. I know. I know a lot of us have been feeling the same way. Uh, Sinestro, what was your first thought when you saw 16? I honestly didn't really believe it. I mean, we kind of jumped up from like the like the mid-80s to 16 really quick. I mean... I got, I got to throw out the thanks again, just like you did, to the, the fans in the group. I mean, I can't believe I'm blown away. I'm just literally blown away. Uh, Grendel, anything to add? And now that we do have the correct pronunciation, Grendel, um, what, do you have, what do you have to say to the fans? I just want to say thank you. Like, I really didn't believe it, just like Sinestro. Um, it's uh, on an Apple podcast, by the way, where we're number 16 in case anyone uh, wants to, you know, argue, look it up. OK, it's there. Uh, and it's really uh, it's really a surprise. I thought we were going to be in obscurity for quite some time. No, it's um, it's truly, truly mind blowing. Um, thank you guys again from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, we couldn't be more excited to be bringing this show to you. And we're glad you're enjoying it so far. Brawlers, in case you missed it this week, here are the headlines. Superman Legacy has added four new cast members, and if you haven't heard before now, buckle up, because James Gunn has come out swinging. Nathan Fillion has been cast as Green Lantern Guy Gardner. Isabella Merced, who played Dora the Explorer in the live-action movie, will play Hawkgirl. And I am truly sorry if I badly mispronounce his name, but Eddie Gathig makes his return to the comic book world as Mr. Terrific. And finally, Anthony Carrigan has been cast as Metamorpho. Guys, James Gunn's movie is really starting to come together. We're getting a lot of casting announcements quickly. I'm excited to see how these heroes are going to play into the movie. Sinestro, um, how do you feel about it? I'm honestly thrilled to hear a lot of this because it's more of the non-A-lister characters getting put out into the forefront, which is something James Gunn is very well known for doing with his Guardians of the Galaxy, his version of the Suicide Squad. 
my favorite piece of the news that came out when all this dropped was that he confirmed that Nathan Fillion's character of Guy Gardner will, this is very important, guys, he will be sporting the bowl cut. And I can't wait to see it. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. You got to love comic accuracy in your movies. Grendel, are you excited? Yeah, uh, I'm super excited, actually. Um, I really don't know how these characters are going to interact with each other. It's actually kind of uh, a stranger lineup, but with some actual really good cast. Eddie Gathegi, I'm sorry if I butchered the name, uh, he's actually probably my favorite pick. Like, I don't know if I would have picked him for Terrific myself, but I love him as an actor. So I think he's going to do a really good job with that role. And yes, the bowl cut is the most important thing that, uh, you know, for comic accuracy purposes. If you didn't have the bowl cut, movie scrapped right there. Not even going to watch it. I have to agree with that. Doom, is the bowl cut that high up on your list as well? It's it's definitely up there for me. I'm, I'm excited to see it. I, I just really am curious how this is all going to fit into this new Superman movie, this new Superman storyline that we're getting. And, you know, are are all these characters going to be pre-established? Is it going to be a multiple multiple character origin story or, you know, just how how it's all going to fit together? Because as as it was said, this is definitely a a group of, you know, slightly lesser known characters um, that you wouldn't usually see in the forefront, let alone in the first Superman movie of a new you know, cinematic universe franchise. So I'm, I'm excited to see how James Gunn works his magic. No, I agree with that. James Gunn, like Sinestro said, has been great at bringing these lesser known characters to the forefront. I'm really excited to see how all of these pre-established characters, and I don't know how pre-established they will be, but James Gunn has said this Superman is coming into a world with superheroes already. I'm very excited to see how, Superman's going to go from the young, powerful guy on the block to the inspiration and really lead this DCU into the future. Guys, in Marvel movie news, we have a bit of a disappointing update. Kit Harington uh, has confirmed he will not be starring in the Blade movie. He will not be appearing at all, stating his character Black Knight. Uh, he's unsure when the character is going to appear again. That's a little bit disappointing. But hopefully by Eternals 2, we'll be getting him back around. But then we have our Deadpool news. And the Deadpool news has only been good so far. Brawlers, if you haven't seen the photo yet, head on over to Comic Book Brawl to check it out. But Hugh Jackman has been seen in the yellow and blue classic Wolverine suit. Not only was he shown in the suit, but he was also taking on Deadpool in the photos in front of a destroyed 20th Century Fox logo. Um, the movie is coming together. It looks incredible because not only have we seen those photos from this week, but another major cameo has come out, basically confirmed. Jennifer Gardner will return as Elektra from the Ben Affleck Daredevil movies and her own solo, solo titles. And snuck in with that news, a tweet came out saying both Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart will also be returning to their roles as Magneto and Professor X. Guys, Deadpool has become far and away my most anticipated upcoming comic book movie of them all doom the news this week is major what do you think i, I mean i'm i'm ecstatic i ecstatic i i mean what more can you ask for i mean and i feel like that's right up 
the Deadpool movie franchise's alley. I mean, every single movie so far, he's been giving us stuff that either we've always wanted to see or stuff we didn't know we wanted to see. And I mean, I'm I'm expecting nothing less than greatness from this, especially, I mean, Hugh Jackman and all these other stars back. I mean, what could go wrong? No, you're right. Uh, Reynolds has been amazing at giving us stuff we didn't know we wanted. Quite like the juggernaut in Deadpool 2. Grendel, what mm-hmm. is uh, what is your biggest takeaway from this week's news? Yeah, the Deadpool 3 news is probably my favorite bit of news. I love Deadpool and like Hugh Jackman coming back. I'm only a little disappointed in the fact that his suit has sleeves and no mask. What is up with that? He has to wear the mask. It has to, like, yeah, it might look ridiculous. It's kind of the point. That's what we all want at this point. Like, am I wrong? Anyone, tell me I'm wrong. Nope, I don't think you're wrong. No? But let, let's just say it's no mask so far. Uh, Sinestro, you also made the same point, I believe, about the, the sleeves. Does that annoy you a little bit, or are you just excited to see that yellow suit in action? I am so freaking excited over the yellow and blue. I've been waiting for this since the first, since before the first X Men movie even came out. And I'll be honest, I could do without the sleeves. I really want to see the mask. There's no reason to think that we're not going to get all of that at some point in the movies. But what I'm more excited of is this one theory that I read for Deadpool three is that now this has no basis in fact, no credence whatsoever. This is completely rumored. That Deadpool 3 will loosely be based on something like Deadpool Kills the Fox Universe. I, saw I read that, that and well. got I read that and got super excited at the possibility. I'm not putting money on it, but it would be a great treat if it ends up being that way. I so wish it's Deadpool Kills the Fox Universe. I would pay to see that five times. You know, like like Sinestro said, I wouldn't put money on it. I also wouldn't put money against it happening and Reynolds sneaking something like that in there. Guys, wrapping it up in the news, we have two new trailers this week. Both Blue Beetle and Ahsoka have dropped trailers. If you hadn't seen them, head on over to Comic Book Brawl right now to check them out. Make sure to let us know what you think. I think both look fantastic. Guys, that about wraps it up for the news this week. Keep your eyes glued to Comic Book Brawl for more news updates. Guys, tonight is our mid-year movie review. I'm a big movie guy myself, and I, for one, am excited to talk about these movies we've had so far this year. We are going to kick things off with Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. Guys, in Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne are dragged into the quantum realm, along with Hope's parents and Scott's daughter, Cassie. Together, they must find a way to escape, but what secrets is Hope's mother hiding, and who is the mysterious Kang? Guys, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed this movie. It's not my number one movie of the year, but I think it got a lot of hate for no real reason. I thought it was really fun. I thought Paul Rudd was just charming as hell once again. Uh, MODOK could have maybe done without him a little bit. MODOK wasn't the greatest adaptation. He wasn't the worst thing I've seen either. Taskmaster! (coughs) Sorry, sorry. I had to clear my throat there. Um... And Kang. Um, Kang was absolutely amazing. Um, I don't know how much more of Jonathan Mage's performance we're going to get to see, unfortunately. But I thought he was absolutely brilliant. I thought this movie really, really set up the future of the MCU. Especially the after credit scene. 
with the Council of Kangs and them setting their eyes on the main MCU universe. Guys, I know not everyone loved this movie. Sinestro, what did you think? I gotta be honest, I'm a little bit counter to you. I was, I expected so much out of this movie. Like, I've, like it's been said before, I'm a big movie guy. At the beginning of the year, I like to make a nice list of all the movies I'm anticipating. And Ant-Man and the Wasp was pretty high on my list. 25 movies I had. It was number six on my most anticipated list. I've seen 11 movies this year so far. I got Ant-Man at number 11. I'm sorry. The humor just didn't stick with me. Paul Rudd, of course, is always a win. I can't argue that. I can't think of a single movie I've seen Paul Rudd in where I didn't like Paul Rudd in it, whether I liked the movie or not. Kang, he was absolutely intimidating. I love the way Jonathan Majors played him. He did a great job, but overall, a lot of the movies, the humor didn't hit well with me. I thought the special effects were very lackluster, which seems to be a big issue with the MCU in these later days. Like even the plot itself, just it didn't it didn't roll with me good. So, unfortunately, of the five comic book movies that came out this year, I've seen all of them. Ah, uh, this one's ranked number five for me. Wow, and, and and not to not to spoil or go ahead, but you ranked this lower than Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Yes, I did. But when you hear me talk about it, you'll realize not by much. <laughs> okay, okay. And one more question I had for you: What did you think of Ant Man and the Wasp, the second one? Ant Man and the Wasp. Honestly, it's one of my lower MCU movies, but not that low. I I think Quantumania, sadly enough, is my least favorite of the Ant Man movies. Okay, so for you, it was like one, one, two, three for the Ant Man movies. Uh, you know what? That's actually accurate. I would say one, two, three. One was fantastic, though, bar none. I, I still think two is my favorite of them. Um, Grendel, give us your take, sir. Uh, I'm a one, three, two kind of guy, actually, myself. Uh, I thought three was B plus movie. At, yeah, I would say B, B plus. But one thing I noticed, though, is Jonathan Majors, just as a action star, is incredible. Like I don't know if some of that was like his, from his training to do Creed or he's just, you know, that guy. But when he was fighting Ant-Man at the end, I was like, oh, this is just like just throwing hands. Yeah, the, no shot. Uh, he's great. I just don't know if he, we're ever going to see him again in the MCU. And it sucks that post credit scene is just like, wow, that is the future of the MCU. I got really excited. We're all waiting for Kang Dynasty. But now, do they have to scrap it is the question. Uh, or do they just replace him? Um, but Ant-Man and the, the Wasp as a movie, though, uh, plot could have been better some of it honestly didn't make sense and it felt like they might have kind of like retconned something just a little bit like about how the time works and that kind of just annoyed me paul rudd though like what can you say i don't think there's a paul rudd movie i haven't liked like if he's just even appears in the movie i think i like it i don't think it's a fantastic movie where it's like oh one of the all-time greats but it's not bad not bad at all. I, it's definitely worth seeing. And, and bringing it back to what you said about recasting Jonathan Majors, if the need be, we've seen the MCU do that before with great success, and we've seen them cho choose to go the other way. 
personally, I think they could easily recast him with a, a multiverse because they've had characters that look nothing like each other and characters that look exactly like each other. Do you think that would work? Or do you think just scrapping it and maybe moving on to something else is the best way to go? Uh, honestly, I'm not entirely sure because you'd really have to be in Marvel to know how much they've invested in this already. Uh, how much money they've actually already put into it. Like, they, I'm pretty sure they didn't just, like, go, all right, uh, what movies do we want to put out? Okay, cool. Now let's release it to the public. Like, they did some work behind this. So, oh, uh, the problem with recasting is they kind of already, like, showed him in the past, and, like, we're kind of led to believe that it is the same Kang, right? And he's just kind of, for some reason, he is there. I, okay. Uh, probably just doesn't have his powers anymore. And You're talking about the the other after credit scene with Loki. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Yes, uh, the one with Loki. whole kind of point was to go back, Loki identifies him by looking at him. Right. And then, like, I guess they're going to have to reshoot that for the next thing they do, because, I mean, it's going to be a different actor. They're not just going to cut from Jonathan Majors to like a whole new guy, you know, and they whatever release they have for uh, Ant-Man, would you keep Jonathan Majors there or replace that scene with the new guy? Me, I guess that wouldn't make yeah. too much sense, for right? Me, I mean, for me personally, it's what what happens to him is going to really depend on uh, what happens with his his criminal trial and his legal proceedings. But I, I of think, course, yes. But I think recasting at this point would be fine too. We we definitely saw, you know, we he we already know he's going to star in Loki season two. We've definitely seen some other Kangs that look like him, but we also saw a Skrull Kang and a stadium full of Kangs. So I I think they could really recast without too much of a an uproar from people um i mean this the stadium full of kangs though were pretty much all him but hey they could do something where like you know the time it's the timeline whatever and all the kangs then just change into this new person recasting him right now they really are in a tough spot because after what happened with johnny depp um do they really want to jump the gun here i'm not entirely sure no i agree with that uh, Doom, what, what was your take on Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania? See, for this movie, I'm I'm a bit at odds with my opinion. I, I it was it was a little bittersweet to me, and my my feelings are are a bit jumbled. While obviously Paul Rudd and Jonathan Majors were phenomenal, and I actually didn't even mind Modok all that much, despite being quite the departure from the source material but overall the the story itself of the movie i gotta say i felt it was a bit lackluster to the point to where i really feel like i have to go back and watch this movie again to get a solid opinion on it because don't i feel like i don't remember a ton of it I there's there's so many parts of the movie that y'all could probably bring up that I'd be like, man, I I don't I might have dozed off at that part or something. I I don't even remember if I 
if I was tired and maybe dozed off or something during the movie, but there was just so much of it that was not overly memorable. So while I did enjoy a good majority of the movie that I remember, overall as a whole, I felt a little little bit let down because I guess I, I did set my expectations pretty high. The the after credit scene, I mean, yeah, that was that was pretty huge and set up, you know, a lot for the MCU moving forward. But everything before that, it just it I don't want to say it fell completely flat for me, but it's definitely my least favorite of the movies of the Am- not only the Ant-Man movies, but the comic book movies that I have seen this so far this year. It seems like it has a, a little bit of room to grow there for you, though, when you go back and watch and maybe get a better base for it. Yeah, I definitely plan on you know going back and watching it again here soon. Absolutely. Uh, Sinestro, you got any takes on the recasting? If that does happen and we kind of lose the ability to use him in movies for whatever reasons may come up in the real world, uh, I don't think it's that much of an issue just recasting and just going on his business. I mean, two great examples. Terrence Howard to Don Cheadle, Ed Norton to Mark Ruffalo. Same person, same character. They just recast it and moved forward. Everyone thought it may have been jarring, maybe for a moment at first, but everyone got on board real quick, and that's just the way we were. But that's only if we lose the ability to have Jonathan Majors. I think, personally, if we have to recast, I think it may be jarring at first, but I think we'd all roll with it and it'd all be better for it. Uh, kind of like Don Cheadle said when he took on the role. It's me, I'm here, deal with it. Guys, in the sake of time, we have to be moving on from Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Let's give it one final grade going around. I'm going to land on a good solid B+, because I really enjoyed the movie. I don't put it in the top class of the MCU, but it is definitely in the top half of the MCU movies for me. Doom, what do you got for a grade? Uh, I, w- I want to say... C plus B minus, like somewhere low to middle of the road for me. Like I said, high expectations, kind of, kind of tripped and stumbled, almost fell flat on its face, just due to the fact that I said it, it wasn't very memorable at all to me. And I, it's one of the first times that an MCU movie has made me feel like I really need to go by, back and rewatch it to even remember what happened. Sinestro, what do you got? I got to give it a C minus. I only got three MCU movies actually ranked below it. Yeah, C minus. No hesitation. Grendel. Grendel. Um, like I said before, I give it a B, B plus at best. Okay, it's not amazing, but you know what? It's a movie that you're going to see and you're going to like. Guys, there you have it. You're definitely going to need to see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania to keep track of what's going on with the MCU. And you should. It's... At least gonna you're gonna have a little bit of fun, unlike I had with our next movie, because our next movie is Shazam: Fury of the Gods or Shazam Two. Guys, in this movie, bestowed with the power of the gods, Billy Batson and his fellow foster kids are still learning how to juggle teenage life with their adult superhero alter egos. When a vengeful trio of ancient gods arrive on Earth in search of magic stolen from them long ago. Shazam and his allies get thrust into a battle for their superpowers, their lives, and the fate of the world. Guys, I could not have been more bored or confused with a lot of the things going on in this movie. 
Shazam Fury of the Gods, I will say, if you're going to skip one of these movies so far this year, this is the movie you can skip. This movie, to me, it was really, really hurt by the lack of Black Adam having anything whatsoever to do with this movie. That's where this movie should have been. It should have led right to a clash with Black Adam. Why The Rock didn't want to do it is beyond me. Why DC didn't force it is beyond me. They made a huge mistake, and it really hurt this movie. And there was a lot of things in this movie to me that just didn't make a lot of sense. Um, A friend said this to me, actually, and I completely agree with it. The kids that are still bullying Freddy, who's, one, a handicapped kid, and as, two, had Shazam and Superman come to lunch with him. It just makes no sense that they're still bullying him. The Wonder Woman cameo in this movie, to me, it made absolutely no sense. It was so out of the blue, her showing up and being able to resurrect Shazam at the end of this movie was just dumb, lazy writing to me. Uh, not actual, not actually using Shazam villains again. Uh, these villains were made up for the movie. Why, when you have a character that's been around since the 40s, you can't figure out another one of his villains to use? Guys, there, there just really wasn't much of a point in seeing this movie. You know, I saw it once and wouldn't really <clears throat> recommend anyone seeing it if they don't have to. Uh, Grendel, what did you think of Shazam? Uh, well, actually, I didn't even see it because I really saw no point in seeing the damn movie. I already knew the DCEU was folding. It really just didn't connect uh, too much, you know, with the rest of the DC universe. So I was like, if there was one I could skip, this was probably it. And uh, yeah, just really no point. Mm, why? Why pay money for it? I'm like the like most of the world didn't see it, obviously, because it bombed. So, uh, you've got no argument for me. I feel like a sucker for having paid money to see the movie. Doom, what did you think? Uh, I also did not see it. Um, not because I didn't want to. I actually did want to see it because I rather enjoyed the first one, uh, the first Shazam movie. Uh, I just I yeah, I just didn't get around to it and. I was I was really sad that I didn't get around to it, and then I started hearing crickets about it, and then I was like, maybe maybe I dodged a bullet. I I still plan on checking it out just for the sake of you know marking it off my list of comic book movies that I've seen because you know as as comic book fans you know you you got to see them all. Um. Agreed. I but, agree with that too. It, and it, sometimes it really hurts me to see them all, but we do. Yeah. Facts. But yeah, I like I said, I wanted to see it, didn't get around to it, but I'm not regretting having not seen it based off of what I've heard and what I have not heard. That makes a lot of sense. When you don't hear something about a movie, it, it tells you a lot more about the movie mm-hmm. as well because no one cares to go see it. Sinestro. I know you had this ranked higher than Quantumania, which it hurts my heart a little bit to hear that because of how bad I, I found this movie. But w- what did you think of it? Well, I did have it ranked higher than Ant-Man Quantumania by one spot. I had it as the fourth of five comic book movies this year. In fact, I give it the same rating of like a C minus for the same reason. Like they had that one kid getting picked on. The dude had lunch with two major superheroes, one of them being Superman, and they're still going to pick on him. 
It doesn't even make sense. I can't. I can believe a reality that has Superman in it. I can't believe a reality where a kid gets made fun of after being friends with Superman. Preach I'm sorry. Didn't, didn't like it. And for me, villains really make the movie a lot. And the villains in Shazam Fury of the Gods were just so lackluster. Was, I mean, I honestly, I saw the movie. I didn't, I didn't even see it that long ago. I couldn't tell you what the villains' names were. I know they're the daughters of Atlas. But that's it. I, could, I couldn't tell you their names. Even Ant-Man Quantumania, which I ranked lower, I know the villain was Kang. I know the sub-villain was MODOK, despite how stupid he looked. But I'm sorry, Shazam 2, just, again, it just it didn't hit well for me. Some of the characters did well, but the dynamics just never fit. And my biggest problem with the Shazam movies is Billy Batson and Shazam never felt like the same person. The kid always felt like he was more adult. And when he was the superhero Shazam, he always felt like he was more of a kid then. I really couldn't believe they were the same person. No, I think that's the way to go. And and you made a great point there where Billy felt more adult and Shazam feels more like a kid. I, I hadn't really put that together until you just said it. But, yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head, and that makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, thanks. Now I think I like the first one less. Appreciate that. Yeah, it kind of hurts that one, too. And, <laughs> and Sinestro, the, the Wonder Woman cameo, too, at the end. What, what did you think of that? This will not be the last time I say this in this podcast. That Wonder Woman cameo felt forced and unnecessary. Yes, I don't. I don't think it's the last time any of us will say that in this podcast because another DC movie suffered from quite the same things this one did. And we will get to that movie, but let's bring it back to the MCU right now to a much, much better movie: Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Guys, in Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, our beloved band of misfits are looking for a bit of a bit. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna start that again. <clears throat> in Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, our beloved band of misfits are looking a bit different these days. Peter Quill is still reeling from the loss of Gamora. Now he must rally his team around him to defend the universe, along with protecting one of their own. A mission that, if not completed successfully, could quite possibly lead to the end of the Guardians as we know them. Guys, this was James Gunn's swan song to the MCU as he moves over to the DCU now. And he hit a home run. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was been, has become one of my absolute favorite Marvel movies. It's the best Guardians movie to me. It was so heartfelt and emotional and funny. And just an amazing send-off for this iteration of the team. I really loved what I saw with Adam Warlock, especially how he was moving and fighting, because that gave me a lot of excitement for Superman Legacy and how James Gunn's going to use Superman. And getting to finally dig into Rocket's story was it was just so heartfelt. It, and it really makes you care about Rocket, who in Guardians 2, I believe Peter says to him at one point, you're trying to make everyone hate you, aren't you? And this movie made us, I think it made everyone absolutely love Rocket. I loved the endings for everyone in this movie, where every single character left off. And what really excited me more than anything was the very, very last piece of text that hits the screen. The legendary Star-Lord will return. So we have not seen the last of Peter Quill. Guys, I think this has been an absolute home run for Marvel. Maybe one of their top five movies. Doom, how did you feel about this movie? Ooh, 
Man, talk about a tear jerker. This one was... I I knew going into it just from the trailers that I was going to enjoy it. I was going to have fun. That, you know, this was going to be a, a good one. I, however, did not expect it to be hands down far and beyond my favorite of not just the Guardians movies, but landing itself in at least in the top five to top ten of the entire DC or sorry, the entire MCU for me. I was I was I was caught very pleasantly off guard with just how much I enjoyed every single aspect of it. Um there there was really no part of it that I could say I didn't enjoy. And I think I've mentioned it to you guys before, but one of my biggest gripes about anything involving the the Guardians in any of the movies, whether it be one, two, Infinity War or Endgame, was the fact that I the mo- from the moment that Mantis was announced and introduced into the movies with the second one. I just wanted her to see her do something because as we all know in the comics, she is one of the top hand-to-hand fighters there is, and Absolutely. she barely she barely threw a punch in any movie until this one, and I was thoroughly satisfied with finally getting to see some action from her, some emotional moments and character development that was just through the roof for every single character. Um, I just... I can't praise this movie enough. I, I, I left the movie just saying, "Wow, that that was perfect." Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I was I was really excited to see Mantis finally do something, and it it showed like she was a very skilled martial artist. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but she she kind of felt like she was trying her best through the movie to just be the glue of the team and keep everybody together and like, you know, call everybody out on their BS and, and, and really focus on everybody's strengths throughout the movie. So I, I just really enjoyed her having a much bigger role. And as we saw at the end of the movie, she's headed out on her own to do her own thing. I'm really, really hoping that we get to see more of her later and hopefully while she's out there on her own little journey of self-discovery she'll maybe get all that training that she got in the comics and maybe we'll next time we see her she'll be the celestial madonna no i 100 percent agree with everything you said sinestro where did you have this on your list this was my number one ranked most anticipated movie of the year and not only did it meet my expectations, it exceeded it. I honestly was expecting something good. James Gunn hasn't disappointed me yet. I've loved all of his movies, even the ones people not necessarily biggest fans of, The Suicide Squad being one of them. I still rank that massively high for me. Everything about this movie was just firing on all cylinders. The action was great. The comedy was great. Probably had better action than the first Guardians. And it hit me emotionally more than any of the Guardians movies before it. I'm not going to front. I got choked up multiple times in this movie. Not the least bit when Rocket, spoiler alert, was almost dead and then came back. Especially with Nebula and her reactions to Rocket almost passing. 
what a lot of people don't know, I read a bunch of articles on this stuff James Gunn has talked about. Uh, Nebula, if you notice in the movie, actually has newer body parts. It's implied that Rocket is actually one of the people who's helped her modify herself. If you look at her face, it's actually been modified to make it look like more of her natural face is coming in with less of the bionic parts that you see in the first two Guardians and the Avengers movies. So Rocket has actually been a pivotal part in Nebula's return to form. Uh, you so say that. When... She actually does say that in the movie uh, when Gamora is wanting to leave and pulls the, I think, a gun on Peter and Nebula stops her. She says that furry little, uh, I, forget exactly, I forget the exact quote, but she says that furry little guy back there is responsible for a lot of my upgrades. He's family. You know what? I actually didn't put that and that together because I didn't notice the face modification until later on, but I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to appreciate it more the next time I watch it. But yeah, I even read an article where uh, this movie was called a secret rocket movie as opposed to just the Guardians, which I can definitely see where that was implied from. The villain, High Evolutionary, fantastic. God, I hated him so much. And I liked hating him, especially when he got his come up and towards the end. It felt so cathartic when Rocket just went to town on him. God, I got to watch that movie again. Everything about this movie was just great. Just like, just like a lot of you guys also thought, I put it above the first Guardians movie. It's just outside my top five for MCU overall. And right now, of the 11 movies I've seen this year, this is my second favorite movie for the whole time. I, I, I really do have to watch this movie one more time. Now, this movie has been just an absolute success for the MCU. Grendel, give us your thoughts. You know, as an animal lover, it's really tough watching that movie. I just, oh, God, just every other scene, I just wanted to look away. Um, I, I just couldn't see, like, those animals, like, as, like, mostly robotic. It was just so, it, it was kind of creeping me out, to be quite honest. But the movie was fantastic. I don't know if I like the first or the third Guardians better. The second is my least favorite. I felt like there was less adventure in that one. That was kind of my qualm with it. Uh, But Guardians 3, uh, I hate High Evolutionary. Like I said, I'm an animal lover. Like I hate him. And one thing I would have done to improve the movie, and I know they're not going to have Rocket do this. All right, he's a hero. He's just not going to do it. But I wanted him to take out a gun that he had modified and just ended high evolutionary himself but it it's it's such a fantastic movie and the humor is golden i loved it i'm also sad about how by the way spoiler alert uh gamora and star lord kind of like ended um yeah that that kind of sucked um i really hope though that she reappears in the star lord movie I do too, and I know Zoe Sadala has said she's done with Gamora, but hopes to see the character continue on. I really hope she comes back at some point and reunites with Peter as well. The way they ended it was definitely heartbreaking, but also left open that door for just a little bit of hope, you know? If she really is done with the character, it's kind of a letdown as well, because I would have 
love to see more of her. I feel like uh, I was at least a little let down by how it ended and like her kind of role now. If they want to continue with the character, they could actually make a solo movie of her just like as a Ravenger and not like feature the Guardians. Also, Mantis. Not comic accurate, really. And I actually thought that the fighting was a little lackluster. I don't feel like she is one of those great hand-to-hand combatants like she is in the comics. And in the MCU, she's really not that great of a fighter. Like, she was using her powers. No, I don't think she was top-notch, but it definitely showed more than what we had seen in Guardians 2. By, and by that, I mean she was actually fighting. And kind of understanding the Guardians 2, like, who is she really going to be fighting? That's a good point, too. So, like, yeah, I, I mean, like, it, but fan, fantastic movie, though. Um, I can't wait for Star-Lord. Yeah, the legendary Star-Lord to return. That was... Ah, that that made me very happy at the end. But I, I think the one thing we've all said about this movie is rewatch it. We gotta rewatch it. Wanna rewatch it. I've rewatched it multiple times already. This movie is extremely rewatchable. It's a lot of fun. Quick grade going around the room, guys. Once again, I'm giving this one an A. It is top tier comic book movie for me. Sinestro, what do you have for the grade? Gotta give it an A minus. Right up there, right up top. Doom. I'm going A plus. This I I I don't see I don't see it getting too much better than this. Grendel. Uh A because just because it's missing uh you know Gamora and Star Lord together again, like it's kinda what everyone wanted. Um and also just high evolutionary should have just had a much, much worse fate. That's it. Like fantastic movie incredible yeah guys brawlers if you have not seen this movie yet go out and see it it'll be on disney plus sooner than later it's already out on digital go see guardians volume three you will not be disappointed which brings me to our next movie and it's another entry into the dceu we're talking about the flash and guys first i'm going to start off with the reasons why this movie was fun and is worth seeing If you haven't seen Michael Keaton as Batman before, check out Batman 89 and Batman Returns. They're older, they're a little bit outdated, but the movies are still very fun and you're going to get the nostalgia feeling when he comes back. I loved seeing Keaton back in the suit. He plays a great Batman in this movie. He plays a good older Bruce Wayne. He was absolutely my favorite part about this movie. Except maybe for some of the cameos, because this movie is Cameo City. They bring out some heavy hitters for this movie. And guys, obviously, spoiler alert, the end of this movie, George Clooney steps out as the new Batman after Barry screws with the timeline again. We get to see Christopher Reeve and Helen Slater standing next to each other as Superman and Supergirl. There's a few more cameos in there. There's a Jay Garrick cameo. There's a George Reeves cameo. This movie did a great job bringing back nostalgia and some of the great appearances by other DC characters. Now, why the movie is just not that good. Ezra Miller 
completely sucks as Barry Allen. I cannot say it enough. I've said it before, and I'll say it until somebody else is cast as Barry Allen. Ezra Miller sucks. The Barry Allen everyone is coming to know from comic books, from cartoons, from Grant Gustin's TV show is not the same Barry Allen that we saw in these movies. He was unsure of himself. He seemed overly neurotic. It's just not the Barry Allen that we know. Ezra was not a great choice. And then again, after everything they did throughout the summer rampage they went on, um, how he w- they were even kept in this movie is, is beyond me when you could very easily have recast and changed it. And I know a lot of people said, if you go back and recast him, it's going to cost too much money. Well, this movie has fast become the biggest flop in superhero movie history. Guys, the movie's worth seeing for these cameos, but much like Shazam! Fury of the Gods, it's not going anywhere. I wouldn't rush to see it. Wait till it comes out on HBO Max. Give it a watch then. That's my impressions of this movie. Grendel, what did you think? You know, actually, I refuse to see the movie. Like, I'll watch it when I know I could watch it for free. I would never have gone to the theater and seen this movie. I'm not going to give my money to uh, something that is, like, Ezra Miller-related. And, yes, Ezra Miller is just a terrible Barry Allen from what I've seen him in before. Like, he's just a loser with no friends and it's like depressing. Like he's like an emo Barry Allen. It was kind of like, um, what they did to Bruce Wayne in the Batman terrible choice. And I hate him. Yeah. I mean, I, I really thought they hurt the character of Barry Allen with that, especially when you had a really good version of it on the CW and a Barry who was definitely sure of himself and more confident. And you could tell was, a very smart guy and a crime scene investigator and somebody who should be trusted doing that stuff. I don't trust this Barry Allen with anything, let alone a timeline. Well, actually, um, in the CW show, he actually is a little unsure of himself in the beginning, but then he grows very confident as the flash. So he kind of like grows into that character more. Um, and, and I kind of like that evolution of him, but like what they do with Ezra Miller, he's just like, dude, you're you're the Flash, and you can't figure out how to make a friend. Like, come on, man. No, the movie overall it suffered from a lot of things, and Ezra Miller was, I think, among the major major things of them. Do they actually um kind of get into his life though, like why he is the way he is in the movie? Um, sort of, kind of, but not really. It's more along the lines of he was really into getting his dad off, and I I've only seen it once. It's coming out again, I think, next this Tuesday. So I'll probably end up watching it again. But okay, uh, uh, that's just the worst run movie franchise ever. Yeah, probably. They, I mean, they dropped the ball horribly. This movie was delayed <laughs> to hell. The movie was delayed over and over again. It it just. It was bad luck from the start. It was bad casting from the start. I just don't think this movie was ever going to work great with Ezra Miller in the lead. Sinestro, what did you think of the movie? This movie was exhausting. The making of this movie and actually watching this movie 
all I kept hearing was how amazing this movie was. Director saying that this is one of the best comic book movies ever. Freaking Tom Cruise comes out saying he got an early preview saying how great the movie is. Ugh, I know. The Flash, I could never stand the casting of that role. The Flash is one of my favorite comic book characters. Easily top five, top six all time. And that he's, this is just one of the worst interpretations. I get it. That's the route they were going. That's the way they wanted to show him in this. But def- so far and away, not nearly my best, my favorite uh, interpretation of Barry Allen. If you want to see my favorite interpretation, check out the 2008 animated movie, Justice League, The New Frontier. Uh, the special effects in this movie was not good. Yeah, I know they tried to say that some of the special effects were bad on purpose. I'm not even referring to that, this, which I assume was the time travel stuff. Even the opening credits scene with the building falling down and Flash running up the side, saving a bunch of babies, which was one of the most ridiculous scenes in any comic book movie. He puts a baby in a microwave. Ugh. And spoiler alert, when they get down and all the babies are fine, the microwave technically beeps, which means it was technically on. Something to discuss later. And yeah. shortly there and shortly thereafter we get a and I know you're waiting for this, here it comes. A Wonder Woman cameo that felt completely unnecessary and forced on us. She did not need to be in the movie for the sixty seconds that she shows up. I'm sorry. I love Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I wish I could see more of her. Just not like that. And definitely not like Wonder Woman 84, but that's another conversation, too. The Flash let me down in a lot of ways. It also was good in a lot of ways, though. I can't trash it entirely. Michael Keaton and everything he did in this movie was gold. If the, the one thing they could have done to make this movie better, besides completely recasting The Flash, is more Michael Keaton. More Michael Keaton is always a win. I don't care what movie it is. More Michael Keaton is a better movie entirely. The Flash, I got to rank third in the five comic book movies of the year. Middle of the road it was pretty much what I expected because I don't expect much from Ezra. I don't know what else to say. I really wish The Flash was better, but there was no way it could have been better with the star that they had. Maybe in the DCU with James Gunn, we'll get a better Flash and a better movie. I don't know how we're getting to the DCU. Since the end of The Flash didn't really feel like it set up a brand new universe. Just a bunch of fumbling old universes. Time will tell, I guess. I'm looking forward to it with hesitation. Yeah, it didn't really leave us in a great place. And that's that's the one thing that has me worried with James Gunn's new DCU. We don't really have a direction in which we're going. We have a bunch of movies. Some of them sound great. But we don't have a direction. There's no real, you know, path it looks like the movies are being taken on. And this didn't really set us up for anything uh, whatsoever. But like you said, there, there was some good stuff to it. What was your favorite cameo? My favorite cameo? Oh, my God. I know you know what's coming, too. You're setting me up for it. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the best cameo was Nicolas Cage's Superman. I'm uh, sorry. The, the reference to the movie Superman Lives, a movie that was never actually made, is one of the best cameos I could have possibly imagined in this movie. And the moment I saw a Superman fighting a giant spider, I knew what reference that was because I knew because it was just so great. As soon as I saw the spider, I knew I was about to see Nick Cage and I wasn't disappointed. No, that that was awesome. I love that one as well. And it was cool, not, not just because it was a cameo, 
Like, Helen Slater and Christopher Reeve were kind of standing next to each other. Nicolas Cage actually fought that spider, and it was kind of cool to get to see him as Superman, actually, and be able to fly around a little bit and fight the giant spider like he should have almost 30 years ago. A reference to a movie that was never made. Perfect. Uh, Doctor Doom. What was your take on Flash? If you saw it. Um, I did not see it. I, I'm extremely hesitant to see it for the sole reason that fighting so hard through the movie to hold back my bias, trying to enjoy it. I have never liked the casting of Ezra Miller for Flash. I was completely blind to the actor, had never seen anything that he was in, and right off the bat, I I, I was not on board at all. And then once I finally saw Ezra Miller in action, I was even more disappointed that they thought this was a good idea because nothing about Ezra screams Barry Allen or Flash or any anything even close. The way Ezra's Barry Allen slash Flash is portrayed does not work for me at all. It is extremely cringy and just takes a character that we all love to love and makes it difficult to even tolerate let alone enjoy for that sole reason i i i feel like the only reason i am going to eventually watch it is for all the cameos and everything but ezra i'm only going to watch the movie to enjoy everything else that's going on around him and just try my best to tolerate when he's on screen. Yeah, that's that's really the takeaway, I would say, for this movie, and for all the brawlers listening. Go to see these cameos. It's worth seeing the cameos, even if you look up online when they appear, and skip right to those. It's worth seeing it. Um, and for me, I guess, uh, for that reason, I give it a C overall. And it's mostly for those cameos. If the movie didn't have those cameos, I would put it at uh, a very low D minus. Uh, Sinestro, being the only other one that saw the movie, what do you have for a grade? Uh, maybe C, C plus, which honestly is mostly just because of Michael Keaton. Without him, it would have been a C minus, maybe even a D plus. Yeah, overall, the movie's uh, it's just not great. Save your money, brawlers. Wait to see it on hbo max when it comes out guys it's going to bring us to our final movie of the mid-year and i know you guys are very excited for this one unfortunately it is the only one i have not seen i am talking about spider-man across the spider-verse after reuniting with gwen stacy brooklyn's full-time friendly neighborhood spider-man is catapulted across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence However, when the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles finds himself pitted against the other spiders. He must soon redefine what it means to be a hero so he can save the people he loves the most. Guys, I've heard nothing but great things about this movie. Unfortunately, I have not seen it. The first one was awesome. I'm very excited to see this one when I get the chance to. Sinestro, I want to start with you, though, because you took this movie in the draft. It was one of your top picks. What did you think? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was one of my top 10 favorite comic book movies of all time. It quickly became my favorite animated movie of all time. This movie was better. 
This movie is now in my top 10. Pushes into the Spider-Verse down. It's my new favorite animated movie. Somehow the animation got better. The action got better. The story got better. Everything improved, which I can't understand how because the first one was just so, pardon my language, so damn good. There's there's so much I want to say about this movie, but I know I'm on a limited time frame here. But right out of the gate, the first major action sequence with the Da Vinci Vulture in the museum is probably my favorite animated fight scene of any movie with maybe the only other competition being Puss in Boots' The Last Wish when he fights the wolf towards the end of the movie. Like, this fight scene was fantastic. The action, the cinematography, the attention to detail, the artwork clashing. You have the Da Vinci art style with the more hyper hyper colors of Gwen Stacy's universe, adding in Spider-Man 2099's color schemes. The combinations of the different artwork is just beautiful every frame of this movie is something to withhold i'm I'm trying to make sure i don't forget anything the first movie had so much themes of no expectations and then meeting those expectations and surpassing them this movie not sure how many people realize this i didn't realize it at first but they flipped it for one of the villains the spot which was kind of showed as kind of like a joke villain in the trailers same concept He's treated with no expectations in the beginning. And by the end of this movie, honestly, I don't want to spoil anything, but he flips it on himself, following the same trend that Miles did in the first. You didn't have expectations at the beginning. You're damn sure you're going to have expectations at the end. And the cliffhanger they left off on in this movie, again, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet because it did come out somewhat recently. I'm going to respect that part. But I wasn't upset by the cliffhanger ending because I knew it had one. But God, it did exactly what a cliffhanger ending is supposed to do. I am so excited to see the next one. I'm trying not to believe the rumors that it's going to be pushed back from early next year to possibly 2025 or 6. But uh, a man can dream. Listen, if you're going to see one comic book movie this entire year, this is the one. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I give me an entire hour of a podcast that still won't be enough time to tell you all the reasons why this movie is fantastic. I mentioned earlier Guardians 3 was my second favorite movie of the year so far. This is number one. Go see this movie. Nemesis, get off your ass and go see this movie as quickly as you can. I need to, I know. Extremely high praise from Sinestro. Grendel, what'd you think? Oh, this movie is just so good. I don't know if I like this or uh, Guardians 3 more. Great movie. I Everyone has to mention that the clashing art styles is just amazing. The way they did it is so tasteful. The humor in it is great. Uh, it, sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in it is uh, with Lego Spider-Man. Um, I, I honestly, I had to stop myself from bursting out laughing. I don't know if anyone else found it as funny when, uh, they were, when he like gave him the information and he was like, thank you, Spider-Man. You're one of our best. Uh, like, than that scene. <laughs> oh my God. That is so, it was just so funny at the end. Honestly, I kind of saw what they were going to do. I'm not going to ruin what happened there, but I kind of saw like that coming how they're going to do that i i just 
I I have absolutely no idea because that would be a well, I can't even say because I said I don't want to ruin the cliffhanger. So you have to see this movie. Uh, the ending chase uh, is one of my favorite chases, I would say. How they did everything and what they're going to do. I really need the answer to uh, Spider-Punk and uh, Gwen, you know? Like they, they, like they, that was also just left on a cliffhanger. And why bring characters back and then just like not really use them? Like you're, they kind of had a group. The first movie didn't really have that group anymore in the second movie, and in the third movie they might come back. Uh, okay, but. Otherwise, this movie, just story, action, uh, it grabbing your attention. Oh, and also um, Spider-Man from India, I just think is a great character. I just don't understand how no one has caught on that he is the Spider-Man. Like, it seems fairly obvious. The more I hear about oh. this movie, the more excited I am to see this. I cannot wait to see how many different Spider-Men are in this movie. Doom, take us home. All, all the Spider-Men. That's how many Spider-Men there are. Actually, not all of them, but... But a lot all, of them. A, a, a metric ton of them oh, are in it. Like, oh, so many. I, I went to see this movie um, with my girlfriend and my cousin, and Spider-Man is his favorite comic book character and we've played all the games we've watched all the series we've seen all the movies we you know he's not huge on the comic book end of it but i've also read tons of the comics and him and i just had an insane blast just looking in the background pointing out all the different Spider-Men that we knew from all the different iterations. Like we were like, Oh my God, there's the Spider-Man from the ultimate cartoon. There's a Spider-Man from this game. There's a Spider-Man from that, and that, and that, like, it was just a blast to, I mean, I, I can only imagine how great the cameos in the flash were, but this one was, I don't, I don't know if I've ever watched a movie where, except maybe ready player one, where I was just like, Oh my God, it's that character. It's that character. Holy crap. It's that character. Uh, we were just having a blast just seeing, even if they were only on screen for a second or two, just all the different versions of Spider-Man, all the different live action versions, the the cartoon versions, video game versions, comic book versions, like versions we had never heard of. You know, it, it was just such a blast in that sense, not even touching on, you know, the story or the animation um, just the fact that, like, if you want to see a Spider-Man multiverse movie, like, this is the one that gave you everything that you, you could ask for. I mean, yeah, No Way Home gave us uh, Toby and Andrew and Holland all in the same movie together. But, I mean, in this, we essentially get them all as cameos anyway. Cameos aside, man, I, I can't. Again, this is this one's up there with Guardians 3 for me. I can't praise it enough. The storyline was phenomenal. The music was phenomenal. Animation, phenomenal. 
the the cliffhanger at the end phenomenal um the setup for the next one phenomenal i just it's it's just tens across the board for me uh going back to grindle's speaking on the lego spider-man i i couldn't i couldn't have been more happy with their their choice to do that that was such an entertaining scene and i love the fact that I mean, I, I think we touched on it before. I don't know if everybody knows, but a 14-year-old made that scene. He originally uh, did Lego animated version of, I can't remember if it was Into or Across the Spider-Verse's trailer and posted it on YouTube and the directors for Across the Spider-Verse saw it and they were like, we have to have a Lego Spider-Man universe. And they brought that 14-year-old in and he did that entire scene. And I was just like, man, that's that's freaking amazing. I like, no just a fantastic story. Yeah, I didn't know that uh, that's great. Yeah, freaking fourteen-year-old made that scene. I was like, man, talk about bringing in new young talent just out of nowhere. Literally, this kid was just like, hey, I'm gonna do a little Lego animated version of one of the trailers for the movie, and then boom, the directors hit him up. Could you imagine that? Can you yep. imagine just just having a little hobby and posting it on YouTube and then boom, you got big time Hollywood directors calling you to make a scene for arguably the biggest, not only comic book movie, but potentially one of the biggest movies of the entire year. Whew. The kids live in the dream. Exactly. So, so yeah, I just, from beginning to end, mind blown, absolutely floored. Like everybody said so far, this is the movie you have to see this year. Uh, th- this movie is just... I-, I need more thumbs because two just two thumbs up just doesn't seem like enough. There you have it, Brawlers. Universal praise for Across the Spider-Verse. Guys, I think this kind of goes without saying to what your grades are... I mean, it, it goes without saying what the grades are going to be after hearing the fantastic reviews for this, but giving it a letter grade... What do you have? Doom? Man, I'm going A++ on this one. Like, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm still not 100% sure if where I put this and Guardians 3, if I liked one more than the other. But, man, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I am leaning more towards Across the Spider-Verse. It's just, huh, it was everything. Got Got to go. Highest of praises, highest highest score possible. Grendel, uh, A to A plus. Great movie. Please go see it. If you've already seen it, go see it again. Sinestro, A plus. No hesitation on that one. Straight A plus. Now, Brawlers, if you're like me and you haven't seen the movie yet, get out there and see it. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is still in theaters right now. Guys, that wraps it up for our movies for this year or this half a year, our mid-year movie review. We, uh, we really hope you guys enjoyed it, but stick around because later on this year, we will have our end-year movie review. And guys, real quick before we get out of here tonight, I want to know which of the four movies we have coming out, and those four are The Marvels, Blue Beetle, Craven the Hunter, and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I want to know which one you're most excited for right now. And for me, it's the Marvels. And I did not think I'd be saying that when Captain Marvel came out. But after watching WandaVision and Secret Invasion, I'm very excited to jump back into that world and see where it goes. Uh, Sinestro, what are you looking forward to? 
I got to go with Blue Beetle. I think his character looks the most interesting. I actually really dig the trailer. The rest of the movies this year, none of them really stand out to me. Although, I do have a soft spot for Craven just because these Sony movies have just been wildly wacky. And I just, I, I don't even know what to expect when I see those. But yeah, I still got to go Blue Beetle is my number one. No, I, I'm excited for that movie too. I love that kid in Cobra Kai, which has been another great show but for another time doom what do you what are you most looking forward to coming up so while i am interested in seeing this new unique take on craven and as sinestro said sony has a way with their movies but i gotta agree with you nemesis the marvels it's it's already got my ticket and that's despite all the hate on brie larson i know a lot of people weren't a huge fans of Miss Marvel, I I enjoyed, and but Monica Rambo has always been one of my hands down favorite um, Marvel characters, and I I'm just really interested in seeing how the three of them come together and what this movie is gonna gonna have to offer. I'm I got to put the Marvels at the top of that that list and. And yeah, yeah, that's that's the one I'm most looking forward to. Oh, obviously, I agree with that. Grendel, what tops your list for the second half of the year? I think I'm going to have to go with Blue Beetle. I've always liked the character, the actor. I know from Cobra Kai as well. I I kind of like him. Cobra Kai has like you know this cheesy, purposely kind of bad martial arts thing going on. Um, and he's now going to get to be in something where he gets to actually be a true action star. So I'm really excited for him there. Um, now, now the Marvels, I know you're excited about that, but after Captain Marvel, I was just never really got into the Marvels, but it's something that I know I have to go back and like, you know, watch Miss Marvel, I'll have to rewatch Captain Marvel. But um, for the other characters, though, not Captain Marvel herself, I'm excited for the other characters that are coming in. Uh, I think it might act, it might have a chance to actually be better than Blue Beetle, but I'm more excited for Blue Beetle. And I know it, it's a little confusing DCU, DCEU. I hate that. But you know what? I'm, I'm going for the character because. I just like it. Uh, both movies look extremely fun, and uh, I can't wait to see what the second half of this year brings us. Brawlers, we are out of time for tonight. Once again, thank you so much for listening and blowing us away with all the downloads. If you're listening for the first time tonight, guys, don't forget to subscribe to get those updates when the new episodes drop. They drop every Monday, the same bat time, same bat channel on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, we will catch you next time. See you later.